Welcome to the Fellowship of the Fortified Tower. This is Many Rounds, your host. And uh, I'd like to start out with a little prayer to start things off. <clears throat> um, Father God, I thank you for um, this platform to start a, a ministry here, Lord, to, to help folks out that are looking for a tangible way to uh, get prepared, that see the things that are coming and want to make some provision for it. Uh, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to do this, and I pray you bless this and you anoint this, and that uh, it's, it's shared far and wide to the people that need to hear it. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I pray, amen. All right. Uh, let's start this out with uh, a little mission statement here and that is basically uh, it's my goal here to share information that I've gleaned over the years that uh, would help you uh, pr provide and cope with the things that are coming uh, years ago I was in a middle school they call it now but it was a junior high school when I was going there and there was a plaque on this wall. The name of the school was Patrick Henry Junior High. And it's located in Southern California in the Los Angeles area. And on this plaque was an excerpt from uh, a speech that Patrick Henry gave to a convention of uh, people, delegates, or uh, people that were concerned with what was happening at the time regarding the Revolutionary War and they uh, were kind of iffy about what they needed to do and Patrick Henry kind of summed it up in this speech and one of the things he said was that no matter what anguish of spirit it might cause me I would know the truth and all of it and provide against it and I realized he knew his Bible and that's pretty much where a lot of us are at right now. We see what's going on around us, and it's, it's like uh, in the days of Nebuchadnezzar, the writing's on the wall. Um, there's no avoiding it. There's no dodging it. It's, it's coming. So we have to deal with it, and we have to cope the best we can and prepare our families for the things that are ahead of us. So, with that said, I'd like to get into uh, a little bit of background about myself. For some of you, this might be a review, a little bit of uh, a blog that was put out by Glenda Lomax, and you can reach her on YouTube. We went over a few things, and, uh, and for, so some of this is gonna be a little um, review. One thing we don't have a lot of, I don't think is a lot of time so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go over a lot of material and as rapidly as I can now I know there's a lot of uh, hunters out there there's a lot of people that have been through some nasty situations uh, people in other countries um, veterans people that are actually in the military now um, and I, I welcome your input and I I'm hoping that we can share 
and benefit the whole the whole from our experiences in this in uh, in this endeavor. So there was a there was a time when uh, I was I was I was I was in the army for seventeen years, and in that time I trained with some rangers, and these guys were pretty squared away and. They each each man carried a a belt that they had woven together of 550 cord that they wrapped around their waist and they threw it through the, the same belt loops as their regular belt and in that belt <clears throat> at the end of it they had attached uh, a source of uh, light and a source of heat or fire and something to cut with and they had that tied onto that little belt. And that was just in case that something happened and they got separated from their unit in some way and in their gear. And at least they had something with them on their person that would help them make it back to the unit or uh, and, su and survive and make it. And I thought that was a darn good idea. And uh, I practiced that for quite a while because it was just a great idea. And there's things like that that are just little helps that um, are just great ideas and, and I know a lot of people out there have uh, similar experiences and it's it's my hope that uh, we can we can share and grow as a as a whole and um, help each other out in this time because once it starts it's, it's going to be really difficult for folks to do any kind of uh, catch-up pre preparing at that time and <clears throat> I'm going to try to make it simple as possible and uh, hit the high points and the basics so that's my goal here and uh, like I said I appreciate any input if you can email me and give me some uh, heads up and some feedback on uh, what you guys think so with that said uh, we'll just get right into the nitty-gritty here so my background okay I I I grew up in uh, Southern California I went to school there um, I was born there uh, I had some great parents and they my my grandparents lived uh, at the time when I was born, they lived back in Michigan. So my folks would travel back and forth across the country every year and to go visit um, my grandpa and other relatives. And um, as we were traveling, my dad would hand me the map and have me uh, navigate all the way across the country. So I got familiar with maps and he knew what he was doing. He was a uh, military uh, veteran as well, World War II. Uh, he was in the Army Air Corps and he taught radio repair for B-17s and B-29s and so the guys could uh, patchwork their radios together and keep them working during their combat missions. So that's what he did and then later he got, uh, after he left Michigan, um, he was an electrical engineer so um, my mom was a housewife and she worked too she was a checker and she worked in 
a few markets in that area and raised us, my, myself and my sister. And I had an older brother that was about 14 years older than me. He was born uh, during the war when, uh, after my folks first met. But anyhow, so I, I grew up in Southern California and um, my, my older brother was involved in scouting uh, and my dad and that was just part of the life that I grew up in and I heard about this scouting ever since I was old enough to uh, understand it and I wanted to be a Boy Scout and I wanted it so bad that when I was 10 years old the normal age I think they allow you to be a Boy Scout is 11 years old and I didn't go through Cub Scouts or any of that I just wanted to go straight into Boy Scouts so they allowed me at 10 years old to go in it was uh, it was a wonderful experience I learned a lot of things in that and they serve me to this day there was uh, we did I was a member of a hiking troop so we went out hiking all the time we went to all the mountains around that area and uh, and deserts and um, it was just wonderful training and we had great parents and um, that they were all very active in it and uh, I gleaned a lot of information from that and I always it, it, it nurtured a love for the outdoors that I've always um, possessed so I'm in uh, high school and I've got I'm in my last year of high school and I'm wondering what the heck I'm going to do with the rest of my life, right? I'm wondering, am I going to go to college? And, and I, always, uh, I always enjoyed uh, movies about the military. So I, I used to watch, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, there was a show called Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, right? And I remember thinking when I was a kid, you know, gosh, it's neat, you know, frogmen and all that. And, and uh, all these adventures they, they'd go on and not really um, thinking that stuff actually happened like that, but it was just the, the, the camaraderie they had and all that appealed to me. And it was, it was kind of like Boy Scouts. You were on a team of some sort and uh, working for a goal and it just appealed to me. So my first uh, thought was to join the Navy and see the world. And I just felt led to do that somehow. I, I, it was sort of just coming to me like nagging at me. So I, finally I went down and talked to a recruiter and I joined up. I was about 17, well, I was maybe 18. And uh, came home and told my folks I joined the Navy. <laughs> I was into photography a lot. And I heard that there was uh, some courses that the Navy offered in photography and that you could become a Navy photographer so that's what I was that's what I was going for and that's what the recruiter kind of told me I was going to be doing well I get through halfway through boot camp and find out that well that rates closed so I have to pick another rate and a rate is just basically a, the job description or the, the job you're going to be doing and I had pretty high scores, so I could have been anything I wanted to be in the Navy. 
So we're going down the different job classifications and one pops up and it's uh, intelligence. And I was like, what's that? And my recruiter told me, well, they gather information and this kind of stuff and it's uh, classified, and, but they work right next to the photo lab. So I was like, okay, that sounds good. So <clears throat> I put in for intelligence specialist and I got it. And so after boot camp, I went to an intelligence school for about six months. And they, they have courses that are just crammed full of information and you have to learn really fast. It was the most intense uh, packing of information into my brain I'd ever experienced. And if, and if you weren't studying and if you weren't sleeping, then you were buffing decks or chipping paint or uh, trimming lawns or doing something for the base you were working at. So it was, it was, it was very intense. And then I went to, uh, I went overseas and when I got there, I was all ready to go to work, you know. We ended up driving up to the command that I got um, attached to and nobody was there except one guy and he was on watch. It was about 4.30 in the afternoon and that in, in their time, I get to this command and there's like one guy there and he goes, well, they're, they're down at the beach and they're, they're having a party for you. So I was like, oh, okay. So we all got in this van and we drove down to the beach and uh, I, I walked down the stairway to the beach off the highway there and uh, there's all these people and they're all dressed in like Hawaiian shirts and shorts and flip-flops and all that. And uh, the, the commander, I didn't know he was the commander, he walks up to me and, introduces, and, and says, hi, how you doing? Welcome to, you know, the base and all that. And, he starts asking me, uh, do you play softball? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, do you bowl? And I go, yeah. And uh, so it was like totally off off uh, subject as far as intel goes and all that. But that was my that was my introduction to the to the real world Navy. It was a lot like Mikhail's Navy, or <clears throat> it was um, it was it was an eye opener. But when we worked, we really did work. We worked extremely hard and we provided a product for the rest of the fleet. And uh, it was a lot of long hours and uh, some, some, some tense moments uh, during that time. This was uh, right around 78, 79. So I learned a lot from, uh, from that experience and then I ended up on a boat for a while and learned uh, how that all worked. And then <clears throat> um, I was up for re-enlistment and I decided not to. So I got out of the regular Navy and then I ended up in the reserves. And I was drilling uh, 75 miles from my house. So it was a long drive to get there and, and get back and I did that for another six years. And then I, I just, I don't know, I just, I was busy working and uh, I just didn't have a lot of time. It was just getting kind of boring to me because I was kind of stuck at this one command. And also the 
the, uh, the material for my advancement was all classified, so it wasn't like I could take it, take it home. I had to leave it in a vault, and the only time I could study it was there, and rarely did I have time to do that because we were busy doing other things. Um, I was attached to a P3 Orion squadron, and they used to go out and do recon on uh, Russian subs and, you know, hunt them down and keep track of those guys. So there was just not a lot of time to do any studying. Um, so I, I got bored with that. And finally, I, I just hung it up, and I got out. I had nine years in, but I always felt like there was—I I always had this uh, yearning to kind of learn the infantry thing. So I—I um, I had met some Marines when I was in the Navy, and I kind of uh, asked them—you know—I asked them a bunch of questions about it. So that—that that was kind of piquing my interest. So I go to a gun show, and there's a there's a, a booth and there's some guys from the Army National Guard there. So I walk up to them and they have some weapons laid out on the, on the table. And I, and I go, how do I get one of those? And he goes, well, all you got to do is, is uh, talk to a recruiter. And this guy was a recruiter and he handed me his card. So um, I said, thanks a lot and kept on walking. And I don't know, a couple weeks later, I get a phone call and it's this recruiter and, he, and he, so he asked me if I want to come on down so uh, something in me said just go do it and I was like okay so I went down there and I signed up and the next thing you know I'm uh, I'm in the army but I was in the army as an E5 I was like uh, it's, it's a squad leader rank so I was instantly put in a squad and I and I was one of the few E5s so they put me in a squad leader slot and I didn't know anything about the army really I I knew very little about any of that so I figured out that I had to learn pretty fast so I started to ask a lot of questions and there was uh, at the time there was a lot of Vietnam vets that were um, in this unit and I would uh, start asking questions and I would suck their brains for everything they knew and I went to every school they sent me to and uh, I spent 17 years in that and uh, went to a lot of different places and saw a lot of different stuff and experienced a lot of uh, strange happenings <coughs> so and I lost some friends too and uh, saw some ugly stuff but uh, I've, it was all a learning experience, and it was all kind of a, 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 a strange grooming in a way. I look back on it, and that's kind of what I, I see was. Because during this whole time, also, I was uh, seeking the Lord about what He was all about, too. And uh, I, I had, uh, I had, I had been. Uh, raised with uh, my grandmother living at home and my grandmother was a strong strong woman and she was tight with the Lord and I can remember being a little guy and she would uh, bounce me on her knee and on the other knee was the Bible and she'd be reading it and she told me some stories and, I, and some of those stories uh, stuck and I was only about four years old but I, a couple of them I never forgot and so I always had this knowledge of this, you know, I had some inkling and knowledge of 
of God. And uh, I remember a few times in my childhood, um, things would come up and I would pray about them because it was scary or whatever. And, uh, and, and I remember a few times my prayers were answered and I, and I didn't forget that. But I, I, I never had any real uh, structured religious upbringing or anything. I just believed that God was there. And I remember going through school and thinking um, that some of the stuff they were teaching in school was, was totally kind of twisted and contrary to what, uh, to what I was taught from my grandmother and, and, and my mom. And uh, it just didn't sit right. It just didn't... Uh, the whole evolutionary thing and all that, um, uh, the history of things, and I just, it just, it just didn't uh, jive. So I, I always had this like, well, what is going on here? What is the truth here? What, you know, you've got these guys telling us that, uh, you know, the earth is billions of years old and all this stuff, and, um, we came from apes and all that garbage, and I just was like, this is a little confusing. Uh, so, um, I, but I didn't, I didn't really know that, that there were tools out there to figure that out, and mainly the Bible and, and other people that uh, were believers and um, that, that knew the answers. So, I, uh, I, just, I just didn't know. So, I, I remember being in a church, and I asked the Lord, I said one day, I was, it was a Catholic church I was uh, visiting with a girlfriend I had. And it was kind of confusing, too, because the guy was speaking Latin and all this stuff. And I didn't understand, and, you know, Mary and all that. And I was like, this just doesn't make sense either. So I just said, God, I said, Jesus, what is it with you? You know, what, what are you all about? I, I, I want to know. Because um, I kind of grasped. That he, that he died for us and all that, but I didn't understand, you know, why. I didn't understand that it was uh, for us. I didn't understand any of that. So um, that that was that was what I was seeking. I was seeking, like, what's the answer here? I mean, I was looking around and seeing, you know, the planet and the stars and, and, and the earth and, and all that, and I knew God made it all, and I knew that he was there, but I just didn't know how to reach out and find him. So, but I actually I did, I, and I was actually doing that. So, um, and he 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 nurtured me through all that time. He he kept me safe. He didn't let me get hurt too bad or nothing. Thank you, Lord. And um, so it wasn't until later I was in the Navy, and. I was on board uh, an aircraft carrier, and in the center of the boat, right below the flight deck, is the intelligence center of the boat. It's sort of dead smack in the center of the boat. And in the command I was in, there were three guys, four guys, that were Christians. And um, I would, I, when I got on board that boat, I just kind of kept to myself and kept quiet and didn't really. Uh, mingle with the guys that much. I just did my job, and uh, then I'd, I'd go down to the YMCA and work out on my off hours, and then or check out a model shop or something. 
So um, one day there was one of the guys, they were having a little um, banter back and forth with some of the unbelievers. And the unbelievers were trying to um, antagonize the, the believers. And I was watching this whole little scenario go on, and, and I was thinking that the believers were um, just chewing these guys up. And these guys, you know, they'd go out and party and do all this crazy stuff, and um, they were just, uh, you know, they, they didn't know, they didn't believe. So there was just no argument, there was no, there was no competition there. It was just one-sided deal, and I, and I just kind of watched and observed, and, and um, you know, kept close to the vest. Well, one of them, uh, one day he comes up to me and he says, uh, he goes, uh, you ever read the Bible? And I go, yeah, a little bit. And I had read the Bible a little bit, but not a, not much. And um, he says, well, he goes, uh, read Matthew. And so I go, okay. So I took it and I read some of it. And I remember thinking, gosh, I've heard some of this before, you know. And uh, that's where this came from. And uh so I started reading some more, and then one day after work, uh, he says, uh, um, what are you doing? And I go, well, I'm going to go down and work out, you know. And he goes, okay. He goes, why don't you meet me at 5 o'clock? And I go, okay. So he takes off, and I take off, and I go work out, and uh, I'm waiting for him, and he doesn't show up. And 5 o'clock rolls by, well, he ain't there. So I thought, well... Um, I'll go work out some more. So I went back in the gym and I started working out again. And I worked out a whole another workout. And by this time, I'm I'm pretty tired. And I um, figured, I well, I'll just go back. So I walked out on the street and I stood there for a minute. And it was sort of like, I just felt like I should stand there for a minute. So I stood there for a while. And I looked down the street and about, I don't know, a quarter mile away, I see this guy walking with a bicycle. And it's him. And he walks up, and he's got this bicycle he's carrying, and, and he goes, man, he goes, I'm sorry. He goes, I, I, I uh, had a flat tire and, uh, you know, had an, a little accident, and uh, he had to walk like seven miles. So uh, I was like, that's okay, you know. So he goes, well, come on down. Let's walk down to the um, pier, you know. So we walk down to the pier, and we're talking a little bit, and he says, uh, well, do you want to meet him? And I said, you know, meet who? And he goes, well, God. And I go, I'm thinking, well, sure. So uh, we walked down to this little beach, and he he started to explain it to me a little bit about how to receive the Lord and all that. So he said, just follow me, and just you know, follow what I say. But he says, you got to meet it and all that. And I said, okay. So. Um, I got my, you know, wits about me, and I just, excuse me, followed what he said, and then, uh, you know, it wasn't like a lightning bolt hit me or anything, but I did feel a definite change. Uh, it was, it was, it was sort of like um, a, a tire being taken off my chest, and I, I just was like what is going on and and he started to explain to me a little more after I'd done it and he said now the enemy don't like what you just did and he's going to try to hammer you so I was like oh <laughs> so I went okay so I turned around and I looked toward the town 
and I noticed a difference. It was like it was like I could see the town differently. It was it was it it looked somehow like um like 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 some strange machine or some um like entity in a way it was it was like uh, a thing it was like um hard to explain I, I just it was i just noticed it was a lot different everything looked different i was looking at a mcdonald's and and somehow the the logo of it just just felt not good and the, there were some other things i saw so I was just like, wow, this is new, and uh, I had a—I I suddenly had a thirst for the Word. So I—I I, I was really starting to read the Bible, and I was getting into it, and uh, and that's—that was the beginning of my uh, uh, introduc inter introduction to Jesus Christ, and uh, I had this really heavy thirst to to really soak as much of that up as I could. And then an opportunity came up. There was uh, there was going to be like this uh, little uh, what do you call it a seminar or whatever somewhere in Seattle, and uh, Hal Lindsey was going to be there. So I went to it, and a few of us went and we sat down and we listened to Hal Lindsey talk about uh, the end times and all this other stuff, and it just was like. Uh, a stone hit me and I was like wow I said this is what I was looking for this is kind of what I was yearning to find out and because all my growing up years I kind of figured something was wrong you know it was um, things just weren't right uh, I, I, I remember being a little guy and watching John F. Kennedy get killed and that was like boom you know I was like uh oh something's not right here well, from that point on, I mean, I, I saw a lot of other things take place during the 60s and all that, and, and the Vietnam War, and, uh, and it just, I, I realized the world was not um, the happy, wonderful place that it seemed to be when I was three years old. So things were just not right. And um, so I was starting to kind of grasp all that. But um, uh, when, I, when I, I, I listened to Hal talk about um, how the Bible was explaining uh, where we were in in time. Uh, it was just like, uh, wow, th this this is what I'm after. So um, that was kind of the beginning of my um, education on, on godly things and heavenly things. So uh, and, and it just never, you know, it's, it hasn't ended since. It's just keeps it it's always new everything it's it's awesome how the lord works but um so so i'm in the i'm in the military and i'm, and I'm learning all this stuff and uh i uh i i, I did a lot of train i trained i trained a lot of people when i was in there and they when i got out i retired and i got out i'm i found myself missing that I found myself um, feeling like uh, um, kind of useless you know? I was like uh, gee that you know my purpose is sort of just missing so um, I kind of uh, 
I worked, you know, I, I, I worked in the, I was in construction and uh, I just worked my, my butt off and I would come home and I, um, I, I didn't really have a, a desire really to watch a lot of TV. TV was just becoming more and more and more uh, vile and I just couldn't stand it anymore. And uh, it, it was just loud and, and, and my, something was happening and I, and I didn't understand exactly what it was, but uh, I, was, I, was, I would go out, I would go to the desert just to get away from the city and I would go out there and just try to uh, sort my head out and, uh, and I'd read the Bible and I'd, I'd, I'd go shooting, you know, build a fire and make some coffee and sit around. I, I loved, I, you know, I just loved the outdoors so I, this was like a peace to me. It was like a place to go to be at peace away from all the racket. So um, I was praying and, and reading the Bible and praying and, and I I read a lot of the Old Testament over again and I really got into the Old Testament and um, so I learned about a lot of, about the prophets and whatnot and um, and I was having these dreams I, I all my life I've had these dreams so and at the time I didn't realize they were from the Lord when you know before when I was younger but um, it wasn't until later um, after I had uh, uh, known the Lord a while that I realized that these were from the Lord. And, and I had one dream that was just, uh, it, it, it woke me up in a, in, a, in a sweat and my heart was racing. And it was basically, uh, I, I was receiving a download of the future. And uh, there were rockets and missiles coming in and there was helicopters and there was jets and there was bombs going off and all this stuff was going off going on and and during that dream um, my dad was in the dream and uh, he got hit with something I'm not sure what it was but it was a piece of debris or whatever and it hit him in the head and and he went down and and he didn't get back up and I knew he was not there so I remember thinking later about it and praying about it and all that and I I thought you know I don't think my dad's gonna be here for this and it turns out that that that, that, that came true uh, but the rest of it was so vivid and so intense that it it shook me right to my core I just was like wow what is that you know and uh, I prayed about it and I received a few more uh, dreams like that and then in prayer once in a while I would just get this like little quick uh, vision little quick glimpse of something and uh, so I, I, I started to paint and draw what I was seeing and I, I was always had a, um, a hankering to draw and, and, and do that and do the artsy crafty thing so um, I had a knack for it, so I just started drawing pictures of it, and uh, and I'll draw some more pictures and I'll put them up, and you guys can see what I, some of the things I've seen. But uh, and you guys can share too if you got some stuff you've seen, uh, that would be great. But um, uh, and th and there's there's other people out there that have seen a lot of stuff that's going down. So I mean, it's like we we don't really have a lot of time. <laughs> that's the bottom line here. So.
it's my it's my hope to you know convey as much information out there as I can about things to prep you know and 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 get you people uh, up to speed on what it is you need to know because I'm I'm trying to gear this toward people that don't know anything or don't know very much and they're and it's like when you're dealing with something you don't know about it's 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 kind of scary you know it's like uh, you know you're not familiar with it so you kind of avoid it you you, you know you just sort of shun it and uh, and I can understand that because there's things that I'm not that great at that I shun you know but uh, there's some things that we have to just um, dive into and learn about and get better at and the Lord uh, is teaching us so it's like just uh, you know boldly go and and suck it up and drive on. Mm-hmm.